0: Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Monday, June 21st, 2021. Let's take a look at today's charts. At number one, Bitcoin BTC is $34,425, down 3.29%. Ethereum at number two, $2,132, down 3.23%. At number three, Tether at $1, just hovering 0.07% up. Binance Coin, number four, $329.55, down 1.98%. Cardano at number 5, $1.38, down 1.99%. Dogecoin, number 6, 26 cents, down 5.56%. XRP at number 7, 73 cents, down 3.13%. USD coin, number 8, $1, just above 0.06%. Polkadot at number 9, $19.51 down 4.05%, and last, Uniswap at number 10, $19.57, $2, I mean, 2.81% down. Let's take a look at the crypto fear and greed index. Extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity, and when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So the extreme fear is for today at 23 extreme fear yesterday at 21 last week was fear at 28 and last month was extreme fear at 12. so uh, before we take a look at the articles i just want to say thank you again to all my new subscribers and thank you for all the listeners on my podcast Uh, Please like, share, and subscribe to the channel so that this channel can grow and the more listeners, the more viewers, uh, the more people that can get updates and news. So again, thank you very much for all your support. Uh, Let's take a look at the table of contents for today's news updates. At number one, we got global cryptocurrency crackdown looms as governments enter digital currency race. At number two. We got classic memes that have sold as NFTs. At number three, regulators have proposed capital rules at banks for crypto assets. Here's how it would work. At number four, beware of inflation headwinds. It could take a year to break even after a 10% to 20% market correction, economist Mark Zandi warns. At number five, most cryptocurrencies and NFTs will be worthless in five years, according to the Coinbase founder. number six, billionaire Steve Cohen, I'm doing a deep dive into crypto. I'm fully converted. I'm not missing this. And last but not least, number seven, when is the right time to buy Bitcoin? That is the main article for today. So uh, let's get started with article number one. Global cryptocurrency crackdown looms as governments enter digital currency race. Cryptocurrencies, which threaten state control over currency circulation, have gained traction over only because governments were slow to act. With China pushing the U.S. and Europe into action, a digital currency battle is shaping up, and cryptocurrencies will be the losers. So... Financial analysts, writers, and retail investors alike have flocked to Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, like many did with the U.S. housing in 2008 and Dutch tulips in the 1600s. But few pundits have noticed the similarities between cryptocurrencies and gold, and even those who do treat the parallel as merely a compass for setting a price target. But this parallel is anonymously important it shows that cryptocurrencies threaten state control over currency circulation and are headed for a heavy regulatory stomp by major governments worldwide just as was the case with in the past gold first like cryptocurrencies today gold was touted as a powerful investment alternative to the dollar in the early 1900s both assets are believed to have intrinsic value because of their limited supply there can only be 21 million Bitcoin and no more, for example, and there are supply limits on many cryptocurrencies as well, mirroring the limited amount of gold in circulation. Based on this idea, the Bread and Woods program set up after the World War II originally pegged the U.S. dollar to the price of gold. But from the 1960s onwards, government economists began to balk at the gold peg. Economist Milton Friedman whose influence even reached Hong Kong and China, wrote in 1961 that gold put overbearing constraints on money supply and tied the Federal Reserve's hands when it came to monetary policy. There was simply too small a supply of gold to cover the dollars in circulation. This was worsened when countries like France raced to convert dollars into gold in the 1960s, causing liquid dollar liabilities held by foreign official institutions to swell to eight times actual gold holdings in the United States by 1973 and threatening the stability of the dollar. So the U.S. government thus decided to rid itself of the gold peg altogether in 1973. In the process, the state not only obtained significant power over domestic monetary policy, but also unprecedented power worldwide when the US dollar became the global reserve currency without a gold peg. Second, despite the benefits of cryptocurrencies blockchain technology in processing payments, governments are catching up technologically. Cryptocurrencies have gained traction in the West only because Dodgy governments have been slow at distinguishing their currencies and payment infrastructure and at regulating cryptocurrencies. But with the China's progress on this front, the U.S. and European governments will soon be forced to act. China has been cracking down on the mining of cryptocurrencies and has begun trials on its own digital yuan. Last year, it was reported that the People's Bank of China had filed more than 80 patents on the issuance and supply of a digital currency an interbank settlement system, and digital wallets. Just this year, China rolled out trials of its digital yuan in collaboration with Ant Group and t Holdings, spanning it to six more regions, including Shanghai in April. What's more, China's digital yuan has adopted the same perks as cryptocurrencies, such as blockchain technology and no traditional banking or transfer fees, all while having stability of fiat. Just the Huawei Technologies Co. jump-started a global race for 5G, so too will digital currencies be at the forefront of a new political battle for national pride. After China's expansion of digital yuan trials, for instance, the U.S. announced in May the launch of five pivot digital dollar projects over the next year. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has said the Fed should play a leading role in the development of international standards surrounding digital currencies, which will also depend on the US ability to race ahead of China with a digital dollar. Third, an outright crackdown on cryptocurrencies is at the hand in the West. Likely to be led by the U.S. Janet Yellen's last act as chair of the Fed in 2018 was to impose a U.S. $2 trillion cap on Wells Fargo's assets and force the bank to replace four board members as punishment for continued scandals. With Yellen now at the helm of U.S. economic policy as treasury secretary her willingness to get tough on institutions is foreboding for cryptocurrencies especially given her repeated denouncements of their illicit uses and the government's inability to track their transactions currency has been and will become again a global battleground for political and economic power and cryptocurrencies will be the losers so yes here we have Global cryptocurrency crackdown looms as governments enter digital currency race. What do you think about the digital yuan and the U.S. trying to infiltrate this realm? Comment down below. Article number two, we talk about our classic memes that have sold as NFTs. So it wasn't long ago that your average person had no clue what an NFT was. Nowadays, they're making headlines for selling for hundreds of thousands of bucks. Predictability, folks are learning about NFTs fast. An NFT or a non-fungible token is a type of cryptocurrency where you basically own a unique digital object. Think of it sort of like digital art. So naturally, people have forked over lots of cash of classic memes, effectively the foundational works of digital art. If you grew up on the early internet, some of the folks that made the earliest memes have finally cashed in on the recent NFT craze. It's been really fascinating to watch how this gold rush has happened. Don Caldwell, editor-in-chief of the meme website. Know your meme, told NBC News. As far as it goes with becoming a meme, it's very difficult to monetize that. We've spoken to numerous people who have become memes and have had a lot of difficulty making money off their creations. Here are some of the classic memes that sold for big bucks. Bad luck, Brian. Remember the braces laden redhead kid who became a meme? The creator and the face of that iconic image sold an NFT of it for roughly $36,000 in the cryptocurrency Ethereum in March. Number two, Disaster Girl. Zoe Roth, better known as Disaster Girl, raked in $500,000 in Ethereum when she sold her iconic image where she's eyeing a camera as a house burns as an NFT in May. Number three, doge doge is everywhere these days the coin is going to the moon and the nft sold for a huge chunk of change in june 2021 it sold for a record-breaking four million dollar worth of ethereum four million the simple picture of a shiba inu named kobasu or kabusu was taken back in 2010 it has since somehow spread all over the internet number four charlie bit my finger If you're of a certain age, the phrase, ouch, Charlie, can only be read one way. And that's in a delightful British tone uttered by Harry Davies Carr after his brother, then a toddler, nibbled on his finger. The YouTube clip was one of the original viral videos some 14 years ago. An NFT of the video sold for $760,999 in May. And the classic video has now left YouTube for good. Live overly attached girlfriend the classic meme of the girl seemingly dying for your love sold for $411 and 1000 or $411,000 in ethereum in april lina morris the face behind the meme has talked with mashable about the legacy of the meme so yes Number six, scumbag Steve. The poorly dressed 1,000 yard stare meme from years ago sold for about $57,000 in March. Number seven, success kid. Remember that fist pumping toddler who populated early memes about like getting fries at the bottom of a takeout bag? That sold for 15 Ethereum, which is now worth $32,355.75. Number eight, Leave Britney Alone. Chris Crocker made internet history by defending Britney Spears in a viral video back in 2007. It sold for about $41,000 in April. Nine, Nyan Cat. A flying rainbow Pop-Tart cat meme sold for $590,000. Yes, really, what a world. So what do you think about these memes? Which one is your favorite? Why don't you comment down below, and do you think it matched the monetized uh, amount that they received? Let me know. Number three, regulators have proposed capital rules at banks for crypto assets. Here's how it would work. So, the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision, BCBS, a global forum of central banks and regulators that essentially sets the pace for banking regulation around the world, just released a proposal for how regulators should require banks to treat crypto assets. If passed, the proposal could have far-ranging implications for how willing banks are to hold crypto assets. Let's take a look at what BCBS is proposing. Capital Requirements for Crypto Assets Currently, most banks don't have a ton of exposure to crypto assets, but soon enough, Many banks may allow customers to buy, sell, and hold cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. As demand for crypto has surged, one of the big parts of bank regulation is how much capital banks have set to aside for certain assets such as loans in order to prepare for potential losses. The main part of what BCBS is trying to do is determine an appropriate amount of capital that banks need to hold to account for potential losses they may face on crypto assets. The first piece of BCBS's proposal is splitting different crypto assets into three different groups, 1A, 1B, and 2. First, we will have different forms of regulation. 1A crypto assets are tokenized traditional assets, which are just like real assets, such as real estate or art that are represented by digital tokens that can be issued on a blockchain network. 1B crypto assets are basically stable coins, cryptocurrencies that are attached to another. Ideally, more stable assets such as the US dollar or maybe a commodity like gold. Lastly, Group 2 crypto assets are cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum, which have been extremely volatile. Banks calculate the capital they need to hold for potential losses and loans by taking the value of the asset multiplying by the risk weight percentage of that specific asset, and then typically multiplying that number by the bank's target capital requirement percentage, usually 8 to 12% these days. So to make things simple, let's say you have a $100 commercial loan with a risk weight of 150%, and the bank's minimum capital requirement is 8%. The bank would need to have $12 in reserves to support the loan. $100 $100 times 1.5 times 0.08. BCBS is proposing for a 1A tokenized asset to have similar capital requirements to, have to those of traditional bank assets with a capital or for potential capital add-ons. But for Group 2 crypto assets, which are riskier, BCBS is dropping the hammer by requiring banks to assign a risk weight of 1,250%. To provide some comparison, a standard residential mortgage, which is not considered to be a very risky type of loan, may get a risk-weighted percentage of 50%. The 1,250% rating essentially means that for every $100 of Bitcoin or Ethereum exposure a bank has on its balance sheet, it will need to set aside $100 in capital. So $100 times 12.5 times 0.08. The proposal for 1B stablecoins is not as harsh as for crypto assets like Bitcoin, but not as lenient as for tokenized assets. BCBS is proposing a risk weight for stablecoins that incorporates the asset that the stablecoin is pegged to plus the risk weight of an unsecured loan, which might be 100% or more. So it's not certainly not significant, insignificant, one other aspect of the BCBS proposal is that it does not plan to let any crypto assets qualify as eligible high-quality liquid assets, HQLA, which factor into certain regulatory ratios banks but met aside by such as the leverage ratio and liquidity coverage ratio. This is interesting because most crypto assets are considered to be highly liquid, so it would make sense for BCBS to consider allowing 1A or 1B crypto assets to count as HQLA, although BCBS did say it would continue to further investigate the matter. Final takeaway. With such a high bar of capital required to hold crypto assets on the balance sheet, BCBS proposal would very likely discourage banks from doing things like deploying excess liquidity into crypto assets like bitcoin and holding it on their balance sheet. Still, I don't think regulation would prevent banks from serving as custodians for clients crypto assets and conducting pr- payment activities for crypto clients. Also, bitcoin seemed to shake off the announcement of a potential regulations with its price gaining on the news. Many saw BCBS's attention to the matter as proof that cryptocurrencies will be a part of the larger financial system. But ultimately, the proposal issued by BCBS is still preliminary, and the organization is now seeking feedback from stakeholders. It could very well change and take a good deal of time to implement, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on. So what do you think about it? Do you think regulators have proposed capital rules on crypto assets for banks? Do you agree with what they're planning with the 1A, 1B, and 2 type of crypto assets? Comment down below. Article number four is Beware of Inflation Headwinds. It could take a year to break even after a 10 to 20% market correction, economist Mark Zandi warns. So let's take a look at this article. Moody's Analytics, Mark Zandi, has a message for investors. Brace for a significant market correction. The firm's chief economist expects a more hawkish Federal Reserve will spark a 10 to 20% pullback. And unlike the sharp drops over the past several years, Zandi anticipates a quick recovery won't be in the cards particularly because the market is richly valued. He estimates it could take a year to return to break even. The headwinds are building for the equity market, Zandi told. CNBC's trading nation on Friday, the Federal Reserve has got to switch gears here because the economy is so strong. He suggests the correction may already be underway because investors are starting to get spooked. The Dow just saw its biggest weekly loss since October 2020, tumbling 3.45%. The broader S&P 500 saw its worst week since late February. The tech-heavy NASDAQ has also lost with a losing week, but it's just 1.28% off its all-time high. Despite his market warning, Zandi believes the economy will avert a recession because the downturn is more about risk asset prices getting overextended than a serious fundamental issue. The economy is going to be rip-roaring, he said. Unemployment is going to be low. Wage growth is going to be strong. Zandi has been ringing the alarm on inflation for months. On Trading Nation in early March, Zandi asserted inflation was dead ahead and investors weren't fully grasping the risks. According to Zandi, it's still a problem affecting stock market and bond investors. Zandi still still sees little chance the benchmark 10 year Treasury note yield will keep failing. I wouldn't count on rates staying at 1.5% for very long, given what's going on, he's added. Stocks and bonds aren't the only risk assets catching his attention. Zandi also sees more trouble brewing in the commodities and cryptocurrency sell-offs. Plus, he's worried about the sustainability of a strong housing market amid higher mortgage rule and rates. Inflation is going to be higher than it was pre-pandemic. Zandi said, the Fed has been struggling for at least a quarter of a century to get inflation up, and I think they'll be able to get that. So what do you think about Mark Zandi? Do you agree with him? Do you think, beware of inflation headwinds. It could take a year to break even after a 10 to 20% market correction. So, again, I'd like to take a moment just to say thank you to all my new subscribers and listeners. Um, I'm on all podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and I'm also on YouTube. So, please have a visit. Please subscribe. Please try to follow. And if you can, please like, share so that more viewers and more listeners can get access to this new crypto channel. So again, thanks again to all the new and the future subscribers. All right, let's move on to article number five. Most cryptocurrencies and NFTs will be worthless in five years, according to the Coinbase founder. So Coinbase co-founder Fred Ersham has issued a stark warning that most cryptocurrencies and blockchain-based assets like NFTs won't work and will have little to no value in three to five years following recent crashes in the market. Ersham's comments come after Bitcoin has continued to drop in value in recent days after a short spike off back of more tweets from Tesla founder Elon Musk over the weekend. People are going to try all sorts of things, I'm told Bloomberg earlier this week. There will be millions and millions of cryptocurrencies and crypto assets, just like there were millions and millions of websites. Most of them won't work. As it currently stands, the total combined value of the cryptocurrency market has dropped by as much as $1 trillion U.S. trillion since May 2021, sitting at just below $2 trillion. The value of Bitcoin in particular is currently moving in a pattern known as the Death Cross in which the 50-day average falls below the 20-day average. However, it's worth noting that the last time this pattern was observed in March 2020, it actually resulted in a huge price surge that saw a significant rise in both Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency values. Interestingly, he advised investors not to dismiss the profitability and long-term growth of meme coins like Doge, which has increased the overall popularity of the cryptocurrency market's sustainability in recent months. If crypto has taught us anything, it's never to dismiss a good meme that can't later manifest into more concrete progress, he said. In addition to warning about Bitcoin, Erzham specifically urged Investors not to hedge their bets on the NFT market, which is probably a fair criticism considering experts already believe the NFT bubble has burst. Specifically, he likened the NFT boom to earlier days of the internet, which saw dozens of Silicon Valley startups get overvalued only to fold months or years later. He believes most NFTs will be worthless within the decade. I'd go as far as to say that 90% of NFTs produced they probably will have little to no value in three to five years, he said, asserting that if the bubble hasn't already burst, it will soon. You could say the same thing about early internet companies in the late 90s. Ironically, his comments come after internet inventor Tim Berners Lee made the decision to auction off the original source code of the World Wide Web as an NFT last week. So what do you think about these comments? Most Kirk Cryptocurrencies and NFTs will be worthless in five years, according to the Coinbase founder. Are you already into NFTs? Are you holding cryptocurrency? Comment down below what you think about it. Okay, let's move on to article number six. Billionaire Steve Cohen, I'm doing a deep dive into crypto. I'm fully converted. I'm not missing this. So... Billionaire investor and CEO of Point 0.72 Asset Management, Steve Cohen, says he is taking a deep dive into cryptocurrency, emphasizing that he is fully converted, the billionaire said. "I'm not going to miss this. I already feel like I missed the first part of it." So, Steve Cohen is the chairman, CEO, and president of Point 0.72, an asset management firm with approximately 22.1 billion dollars in assets under management (AUM) as of April 1. The firm has 12 offices around the globe and more than 1,650 employees. He shared his view on cryptocurrency in an interview last week, emphasizing that he has finally decided that he has got to get into the game. The billionaire CEO said, quote, I'm doing a deep dive into crypto. I'm fully converted. Cohen added, I have an old saying at the poker table. You got to pay to learn. There's no way around it. You can talk all you want, but you've got to get in the game. He continued, I'm hopeful that we will be able to start building something within point .72," Adding that we are in the process of starting to think about that regarding when to get into the crypto market, Cohen op- opened. Quote, the timing is never good. Who knows? I don't know if these things are going to go up. However, the point 72 CEO is not keen on Bitcoin. Ah, forget Bitcoin, he explained. I don't care about Bitcoin. I care more about the technology behind the blockchain and how transformational it is and how disruptive it could be. Cohen further shared, I feel like the way those markets are developing could be a real interesting agency to what we do at 0.72, stressing, quote, So I'm not missing this. I'm not going to miss this. I already feel like I missed part of it, but I still feel like it's early. The billionaire noted that cryptocurrency is an example of something he wants to look forward and take some risk. He concluded, "I may look foolish initially, but you size it accordingly. Learn the game, and when you're confident, then take it to the next level." So, what do you think about Stephen Cohen's comments on crypto and Bitcoin? Let me know in the comments section below, or let me know in a group chat or direct message. Thanks. All right, let's move on to the last article and the main one it is called when is the right time to buy bitcoin so yes let's take a look resist the urge to close down positions if you have the emotional and financial resources go the other way this is a trading mantra that's echoed on several platforms for several assets in bitcoin huddle has become the go-to phrase during every bitcoin correction The primary bull case for Bitcoin is based on the virtues of patience. It points to the cryptocurrency's previous price action as proof that Bitcoin's price will rise again. According to the technical analysis of many analysts, Bitcoin's price follows a predictable pattern based on previous trends and that it will rise again. Bitcoin at the press time was trading just below the 36 k mark with a price correction of about 2% in the past 24 hours. So question is, when is the right time to buy Bitcoin? According to Pantera CEO Dan Moorheed, now is time to purchase and huddle BTC holdings for new investors. For new investors, it's best to buy when the market is well below trend. Now is one of those times. Moorhead further stated, Bitcoin has only been this cheap relative to its trend 20.3% of the past 11 years. According to the latest June investor letter, Bitcoin traded 36% below its 11-year exponential trend. Bitcoin has only spent 20.3% of its history as far under trend valuation. So one of the main reasons why Mohit suggested that new investors to buy when the market is below trend was because of Bitcoin's YOY return. So the year-on-year YOY return never went literally off the chart like in past perks. It's currently trading at 281% year on year, which seems entirely plausible given that the money printing that has occurred in that period. Referring to human nature as pro cyclical Morheed reiterated the urgency to hodl. He added that market participants should go against the urge to sell and instead buy Bitcoin while the market was below trend. The fear gripping the crypto traders mainly stems from one factor, its volatility. However, Morhed added, a convergence of elements has caused the blockchain markets to drop sharply, but the volatility has presented a very compelling opportunity. So what do you think about this man? When is the right time to buy Bitcoin? Does Dan Morhed have a very valid answer? Comment down below if you agree or disagree with him. Okay, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Before we leave for today's crypto take, I just want to give the prices one more time. So at number one, BTC is at $32,827. Ethereum at number two, $2,015. Tether at number three, $1. Binance Coin number four, $315.94. Cardano at number five, $1.33. Dogecoin number six, 25 cents xrp number seven 69 cents usd coin number eight one dollar polka dot at number nine 18 dollars 35 cents and last uniswap at number 10 18 dollars and 40 cents so there you have it everyone thank you again for uh coming and staying till the end uh if you enjoyed it please give a like. And if you want to help support the channel, please subscribe and share. Um, Please also listen to me on your commute to work. Or if you just want to do some chores, I'm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also Google Podcasts. So catch me there for everyday crypto take. Okay. So thank you so much, everyone. And I'll see you in the next one. Have a great crypto day. Peace.